Okay. This is how it works. First guy lights a match. Starts telling a story. When the match burns down, he stops. And the next person in line continues where he left off. Okay, um, I don't know the story. Well, there is no story. We make it up as we go along. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed um, the episode about uh, Cigarette Burns. I hope you appreciated that if you've not seen Cigarette Burns, that we um, gave you, we we hopefully you took that opportunity to go watch it without us ruining it. Because I think, again, as we talked last time, that is something to watch without having the second half of it spoiled for you. So I hope you did watch it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Uh, if you just enjoyed the conversation, then, you know, at least you heard us kind of like talk glowingly about a thing, but not in specifics. So, which is unusual for us. Yeah. Sometimes we, uh, we have to throw all the spoilers out there like, yeah, this is all going to get unfolded. And we didn't do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad we did not because yeah. it, it is a, a humdinger of a, a, a story. Yeah. It just, I, I have a hard time, like whenever I want to talk about something, not getting into the nuts and bolts or like, you know, into the corners of where, you know, the story is because I, you know, that's the stuff that hits me. So I want to discuss it. So I know as a, somebody who listens sometimes, you know, like you, you've told me, Terry, like there's times you'll be listening to podcasts and if they've covered something that you've not experienced yourself, you will skip ahead to something else or, or not listen to that episode until you come back to it. And that's fine too. Like I respect that. There's, there's certain things that I, um, that I've held off on listening to until I watch it. But for the most part, you know, I just, that's a weird ground to walk. So I hope you guys can like at least, uh, enjoy the conversation. And, but again, that's one of those ones, you know, the devil's reign, um, Ernest Borgnine was a goat man and it got weird, you know, spoilers, uh, <laughs> cigarette burns, <laughs> um, cigarette burns, no spoilers, <laughs> you know, like there we go. So, um, yeah, so we're going to get into something a little different here. It is, um, it's uh, Monsters. It's a syndicated TV series that existed from 88 to 91. Uh, and it, it ran kind of parallel to Tales from the Dark Side. There's actually a reason for that. It shared a producer, um, Richard uh, Rubenstein, also produced uh, Tales from the Dark Side, the series. So you could tell there's a little bit of money to be made in syndication of having like these short form anthology shows. And with Monsters, there was three seasons. 24 episodes a season, which that sounds crazy now, but back for syndication, you know, that you, that's, that's half a year pretty much. Right. And then you could just put it on repeat. And then if you did three seasons, 24 episodes a season, odds are most people would catch one or two here and there. There's not going to probably be that person that every single night caught every episode. So this is probably one of those ones that people remember this. They probably think it was a lot larger than what it was, but still 
That's you know, like 72 episodes. It's still a pretty big run compared to what we get into these days. Right, and I, I think this one is interesting in the fact that it was more centric to horror, while Tales from the Dark Side seemed to be along the side of like sci-fi and fantasy it, it stories. Could, it could wander in some different directions. Yeah. Monsters was mainly known for the monsters, thus the name, and uh, like kind of like how The Outer Limits it kind of zeroed in on just the alien of the week or the creature of the week. This is the monster of the week with this. So a little different. Like I, I think I've, I've mentioned this multiple times uh, in the show. And by the way, guys, this is the, this is the show in which we watch the twilight zone. Um, you know, in chronological order, we finish up the original series, go back, check that out. We've covered both Jordan Peele series go check that out as well. And in three weeks, three to four weeks, we'll be jumping into the 1980s twilight zone. So if you're here for the twilight zone, it's coming. We're getting really close to it, but we also wander off in these other corners as well. And it's a lot of fun. This is one of our detours. Um, so growing up, uh, like on a Friday or Saturday night, um, I'd go to the movies and then um, my mom would come pick me up and I'd come home and I'd, I'd watch uh, Tales from the Dark Side and Monsters. Like that was what the, that was the thing to do. And uh, I, I have, not that I have like glowing memories, but the entrance, the int- intro, entrance to this show with uh, the family sitting down to, to watch Monsters, I was always going to be stuck in my head. It's such a weird but fun intro. Yeah, it's really off-putting, too. It's like, what the hell am I in store for? Like, if you had never heard anything about this show, and you just tuned in right at this moment, you're like, huh, well, that's weird. <laughs> I wonder what else is going to happen. Yeah, it looks like a, a typical family uh, at first, and then you realize it's just a family of monsters, but they're sitting down to watch a show called Monsters. So they'd be like Terry and I sitting down and being like, you know, we're going to spend a Friday night, we're going to watch Dudes. Or whatever, like humans. I don't know. Um, there's probably a show called Dudes, and Terry and I will sit down on a Friday night and watch there it. There was someplace. Hey Dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's the same thing. Uh, so, um, but yeah, you just be like, we're going to watch humans. Like, you know, but whatever. It's a fun little intro. I like it because uh, it's just that typical ritual, too, of sitting down to watch a show. I like that intro a lot. The music's very distinct. Uh, and so, yeah, it's just something that's always been burned in my head, and I'm glad that we're getting to this. Uh, uh, I'm sure that they're like that when we were t- kicking around ideas of what to cover this week. When Terry mentioned monsters, we kind of looked at a list of like what was considered some some of the best episodes. So we picked one here. It is uh, season one, episode eighteen, the match game, um, and we'll get into that in a second. So I, I figured. Um, so had you seen monsters previously to this, or is this your first time watching the series? I, I feel like I've seen it at some point when I was a child because I remember the intro and everything, but I couldn't tell you a specific episode. I, you know, yeah. my, my, my life as a child was filled with all kinds of uh, scary shit. So, <laughs> yeah, I like, can't pinpoint. Do, do you mean like watching or just like, well, when I was when I was in the basement, I'd sometimes hear the TV upstairs over the sound of the chains attached to my ankle. And I'd be like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, it's definitely like I'm the kid who's being uh, who's waiting and like I tell some of the dark side of the movie to be cooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just like, oh, I just I mean, I got all these cookies, but I really just would watch some anthology horror, you know. So. Um, yeah, it just, it's all kind of in there, right? And yeah. That, that, so, but and I think this is the lane that it wanted to be in, so it, it certainly did its thing, right? So, again, season one, episode 18. Uh, air date was April 15th, 1989. Terry, do you know what the number one film was? Uh, probably Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. Uh, Major League. That nice. would make you very happy. Uh, yeah, Cleveland Connection. Sort yeah, of. about a ragtag uh, uh, Cleveland uh, a team and, you know, them almost being moved to Florida, you know, and you got, it's, it's a lot of fun. That's a fun film. Um, you know, has aged well in some places, not in others, but that's what happens with comedies from the 80s. You just kind of have to accept it. <laughs> but it's Major League. Major League's a lot of fun. Uh, number one song is She Drives Me Crazy by the Fine Young Cannibals. 
It's a fun song. Yeah. Very fun. Uh, and what actually happened on this day and date uh, as well, it wouldn't be an episode of Strange Highways without mentioning something horrific. This was the date of the Hillsborough disaster. And what this was, was um, a fatal human crush during a soccer match in Hillsborough Stadium in Sheffield, uh, South Yorkshire, England. Uh, so it actually ended up being uh, 94 people died on the day with another person in the hospital days later and another victim uh, that died in 93. So they died like a couple years after this dude looked like, so it's one of these big crowd crushes that you hear about. And there's a whole thing about this and it's, it's too much to get into here, but just not that I want to like shine a light on recent events, but because of the Travis Scott Astro world stuff that just happened a couple weeks ago, which is horrific. Um, you know, there's lessons that we've not learned about some of this stuff. And I just hate that. Like, like, um, you know, <laughs> at least the, the most recent one that the death toll doesn't match this, but you know, you can't do a one for one comparison here, right? Like it's still, still terrible, but yeah. Uh, some people were really all about soccer and some people got crushed and died and that's terrible. It is terrible. Uh, unfortunately, I do not have anything for day and date. So, well, that's just you know, I just I, it, again, it wouldn't be. I can't bring up our. A, it couldn't be like, oh, well, there was there was a helicopter crash into an orphanage and eight orphans died. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> or you know, I don't know. But anyway, so that's what I found. Uh, but let's just get into this uh, cast and crew. This very um, expansive uh, a cast here, which uh, a little behind, uh, behind the scenes here. Um, we love doing the show weekly, but sometimes every time you see a distal person show on the screen, you're like, well, that's one more name I have to look up. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when you get like, you know, some of the smaller casts, you're like, ah. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> well, you know, cigarette burns, what we just covered. There yeah. was like 30 actors in that thing. And I'm like, Oh, good God, please stop showing somebody's face. And it's like when you get a doctor's bill from a doctor who literally just showed his face in the room and it's like, I think it's this. And then he walks out the room and then you get a bill from that guy. You're yeah. like, I don't want to deal with well, it. It's one. like when we talked about like, what was it? The last episode of season four of twilight zone, the bard, um, how at the very, very in the last, what minute, a minute or so the, <laughs> yeah. they, they, they brought in six different people to walk yeah. in a room. Like you gotta be kidding me. I already hate this episode, but God damn you bard. <laughs> I have to do war work. Yeah. Right. So for a crappy episode. Yeah. Like, <sighs> all right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, here we go into our, well, I have to make sure that we uh, give a little bit more credit here to our creator of the series of uh, Richard Rubenstein. Um, he also was the executive producer and he helped produce uh, one of most, uh, some of the most famous movies of all time in, of horror. You know, Day of the Dead, Creep Show, Dawn of Dead. Uh, worked with, uh, uh, oh my God, uh, George A. Romero uh, side by side for a lot of his films. Okay. So it's great that he was able to take part in this. And he just more recently produced. The uh, Dune. He was the executive produ- producer of Dune. Really? Yeah. Okay. So he's still working. So that's great to see. Well, do, do you think he got inspiration from this because there's a character named Paul that gets whispers and has a greater power amongst him? I don't know anything about Dune. So okay. if that, oh, well, okay. well, <laughs> that's a joke that probably went sailing it, it, over my well, head. Let me re- it was not a great joke that still went sailing <laughs> over your head. Um, so I, yeah. at one point they even call him a dreamer in this too. I'm like, yes, that kind of stuff. So. <laughs> but, uh, and, and then, then there was a large sandworm in this too. It got really weird. I don't know what episode Terry watched, but, um, yeah. So continue, please. Uh, and then, uh, into our director, we go here into our director, uh, to our director, we go here, uh, <laughs> Michael Brandon. Uh, I'm not really familiar with too much of this guy's work here, but, um, he, he was an actor as well outside of these two directing gigs that he's had. But he was in, uh, more recently, uh, 
uh, Captain America first. He has the a first lot, Avenger. a lot of little like small parts, but yeah. he's constantly working. You're right. Yeah. And, and uh, his most notable credit is he's the voice of the narrator from Thomas the Train, like the Thomas the Tank Engine oh, okay. thing. Well, like he's like doing it for like thirty years. Hey, Crazy. Like, that, the, you, it's you a know, cha- It's it, it's a living. Well, that it's like you know, if I got that kind of like residuals from Thomas, I would be a narrator. That's fine. You know, yeah. uh, it's it's not quite the same thing as um, this is a tangent. So bear with me here. Uh, uh, the Shining Time Station. Do you know that other show that was like on PBS where it was dealing with like a, they had the conductor, Mister Conductor, and it yeah, was yeah. A, it was George Carlin for a bit, and yeah, then, yeah. Um, then Ringo Starr, and then Alec Baldwin. Terry, do you know why they were all Mister Conductor? I don't because um, probation. Like no. they had to do community service. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's that is amazing. Yeah. So some of the Mister Conductors probably weren't there by choice. If I ever get in trouble, <laughs> knock on wood. That's what I'm going to request. Man. Yeah. That's great. Like I just, I, I just like, why is Mel Gibson the Mister Con- like, <laughs> <laughs> Conductor? Station? Yeah. Right. Uh, God. Oh, sorry. Anyway. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> Uh, next here we have uh, as our writers we have two credits here uh, the story was written by Christopher Orliff or Orville 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 uh, worked on uh, 36 episodes of Tales from the Dark Side so it's good that you know he already has this uh, working relationship with Richard Rubenstein yeah they so. were a story assistant which I'm not sure I mean I'm sure that means that they're kind of like you know how sometimes people run continuity to make sure things kind of right. go through and they probably are I'm sure for like, like having, second unit kind of stuff having like sense. 24 episodes that they're trying to get together and like I'm sure that there's someone has to kind of make sure that everything's stitched together well mm. so I'm sure that's what the story assistant does is kind of Keep everybody on track and then help where appropriate, but get out of the way of like the writer's room. Right. I'm guessing that's what it is. And then uh, uh, the teleplay was done by David Kasich, um, or Chasick, I'm sorry, and uh, worked on uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. He wrote this. He wrote, he wrote the story the for that. Yeah, yeah, he wrote the teleplay for which is the one that um, has been getting more and more acclaim as it went along. Yeah. I, I've not seen the documentary Scream Queen, but I know it's supposed to be pretty good. Um, that deals with um, Nightmare Two. Yeah, um, I haven't checked it out yet. I know yeah. it's on Shutter, so I'll have to watch that. Yeah, I, I like Freddy's Revenge. I think it's a fun movie. Um, so yeah, there you go. It has some has some good pedigree here. Yeah. So and then uh, next, I wanted to make sure that we notated uh, the special effects makeup consultant Dick Smith. If somebody doesn't know who Dick Smith is, do your homework. This guy is the mastermind behind so many different makeup effects, and like when you know people like Tom Slavini or Greg Nicotero needed help. Or, I mean, Rob Boutin. Rob Boutin needed this dude's help. So he was a second unit that came in, worked on the thing. Okay. He did the dog effect, the, the monster. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, so, cool. Yeah, so. Yeah. Very creepy. Incredible yeah. uh, makeup artist. Um, I mean, he he worked on, uh, he created and directed uh, Pumpkinhead. Oh, okay. So, I should know that. But, yeah, yeah I've seen Pumpkinhead, so, like the one time. Um, you know, you got a very angry... Uh, Lance Henderson, um, regretting his uh, decision making. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fun movie. Yeah. I mean, it's a sad movie, but it's a fun movie. Yeah. I mean, when you got a bad guy named it's Pumpkinhead. It's a monster movie. It's, a, it's yeah. a great monster movie. And yeah. you created a new icon. I mean, pff, everybody should know who Pumpkinhead is. Who Pumpkinhead is. Yeah. Uh, not the sequels, though. Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Next week, we're covering Pumpkinhead 2 Bloodwings here oh, on the show. God, that we're no. getting into with Roger Clinton and the guest cameo spot. Anyway, continue. All right. So, uh, yeah. uh, our cast we have here is uh, led off by a. Uh, Byron, 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 uh, Thames. Uh, he plays Paul. 
Uh, he was in uh, an episode of Freddy's Nightmares. Wasn't familiar with his face. Was familiar with his voice, though. Like, I, I felt like I heard this dude's voice in, like, a video game or something. He actually did some video game He's work, doing a too. lot of voice work now, yeah. yeah. And you could, even this episode, you can tell that he has the chops for it. So, yeah. yeah. And then uh, next here we have Sasha Jennings, or Jensen uh, plays Matthew. Uh, I dude, this dude is like very uh, recognizable. He was in Dazed and Confused, and he was also in uh, Halloween Four and uh, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer film. He gives me like a little bit of like Buster Poindexter, like a little bit of vibe of that, or like yeah, um, I can oh, see that. What's his name? Benicio del Toro, but like Benicio del Toro's like really, really um, not talented, like distant cousin, mm. like. <laughs> You know, and slightly better looking. Yeah, I just I don't know, but like the like the beginning where he's like like what would they say what would they say at the beginning here? What was it? Okay. 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 The, yeah. Is that where you get the uh, Dexter Poindexter thing? Sure. <laughs> I, yeah, 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 yeah. He's, no, I just so maybe it's just the hairdo or just the way. No that one hits like, me, cat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just whatever. Like, uh, but yeah, it looks like I mean with that with that kind of um, you know. Let's work, right? Voice work. Yeah. When you get it, study pace, right? Like, um, was it um, Thomas the Tank Engine? You know, go for it, right? Why not? Yeah. And then uh, he was also in Halloween Four. I just want to, yeah, 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 I said yeah. that. Oh, you did say I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was too distracted by his voice. I'm sorry. I was distracted by. Uh, okay. I was distracted. By <laughs> so uh, next year, uh, I think a lot of people will recognize this uh, actress, uh, Tori Spelling. Tori Spelling was in this. Um, she was in also. She was in Beverly Hills 90210, mm-hmm. and. Uh, in scary movie, yeah, uh, scream, scream two. She as herself in uh, Scream two. Uh, what was she? No, she. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I think there was like a talk show. No, or there. Or think, she was an actress in the movie, but they were like cast. I don't know. Was she in Stab? It's been a while. Like the movie within the movie. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, she was in Scream two. She's all sorts of things. I'm. I'm sure she's a delightful person. It's just. Um, you know, daughter of uh, was Aaron Spelling, mm-hmm. um, creator you know, of, of Melrose Place and nine hundred two one zero. So. You know, opportunity abounded, right? So <laughs> it's a steady paycheck, and she also had that reality series and everything too. Like I, I, I'm not a Tory uh, Spelling fan. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not neither here nor there. It's just, um, you know, like again, if you know, if you want to do a thing and you have a father that's a creator in Hollywood that can do things, then then you probably have an opportunity that I don't have, you know, and. Um, I just hope that, uh, as, <laughs> as a, we've learned from a lot of celebrities, <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, and I hope that, um, that she has gotten better as, uh, an actor, uh, than this episode. So I'll just say that. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, right. and then, um, next year, um, it got it. I mean, one of the scream Queens, in my opinion, uh, Ashley Lawrence, uh, famous from Hellraiser one, two, three and Hellseeker. Um, only two of those are worth worthy, uh, worthy of talking about. Well, three of them really. Two and Hellseeker. Yeah. <laughs> Not. And, and she likes sequels, so she was in Warlock three as well. And then more, uh, more recently, we were ta- discussing the Creepshow series. She was in um, season one, two. Yeah, yeah. She was in the, the uh, Dead and Breakfast slash uh, Pesticide. She was in Pesticide Story. Yeah, it, that's that's the weaker of the two in that episode, yeah. but it's good this year. She's yeah, uh, yeah she yeah. acts uh, alongside uh, Keith David. It's a it's a it's a fun watch because of them being in it, but yeah, it's not yeah. a great story. But uh, yeah, so I had to mention her, and then our our last credit here, uh, Tom uh, Woodruff Jr. 
Uh, he plays Herbert, a Herbert, 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 Herbert. Um, goddamn Herbert, get out of here! You see, you see, like this half hobo, half hermit run out <laughs> of the, the rail yard, like yeah. just, he's like, you just a bunch of chicken bones and cans drop off him. Like goddamn Herbert! Like, <laughs> yeah, he plays Herbert. Herbert. Um, like we'll get into a little bit more who Herbert is in a little bit, but um, this dude needs to be noted in the fact that he is like the man in a monster suit in a lot of movies. He was yeah. He was in the Pumpkinhead suit and Pumpkinhead. He was in the Alien suit and multiple iterations of like what Aliens was. Uh, he was the Gill Man in um, the Monster Squad, Monster Squad. Yeah. and he was he was like the Graboid in Tremor. I like the un- uncredited as Graboid. Yeah, it's like. Dude, this guy is still acting. He's still doing like the monster suit stuff. That is amazing. And he's doing miniature effect work. Like he actually was credited on Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, like um, outside of Tori Spelling, I think he's probably like the the most like um, accomplished. You know, in terms of like output. You know, in terms well, yeah, of, like, especially yeah. when so, it comes to this. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible to see him in this, and uh, I mean, the more I find out about this guy, I'm like, I have to get to one of the cons that he's at because if I, we're going to meet, you know, some of the monster suit guys, we're going to meet Doug Jones. We need to meet we this need guy to too. Meet this guy. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, there's something to be said for emoting and 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 actually storytelling, wearing, uh, you know, prosthetics and yeah. makeup. You know, and it's like that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, so, and I love his physical acting in this, and we'll get into yeah. that. But yeah, it's great. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it for our cast. All right. So um, yeah, we'll just we'll let um, we'll let Sasha take it away here. Okay. All right. So Terry, where are we at with this? <laughs> How do we start the story? How do we start the match game? Okay. So we we get uh, Paul and Jody. Uh, they go to this really uh, extravagant looking house, and uh, and apparently, you know, from what Jody's telling Paul. They, uh, they come here quite a bit, her and her friends, and she, she invited him to come over and check it out. It's a haunted mansion. So some of the events that have happened here are a little taboo. Uh, people in the town know about it. And it's supposed to be, you know, quarantine. Uh, not quarantine, but, you know, like it, no one's allowed in the place. It's, it's condemned. Yeah, it's, you know, it's just one of like you find these places every so often, especially Terry and I. Cleveland we live, has live one. In Cleveland, you have those like amazingly old house, like, like, like gorgeous you could tell at the time. Beautiful architecture. Yeah. yeah. Uh, There's a nice spire on this. Like, this is my, my dream home in a sense. Like, yeah. And it's like, I mean, the I'd say that not the equivalent, but the same type of aura you get is like, there's a place here in Cleveland called Franklin Castle that is occupied. But you get that kind of vibe of like, this is, this is like existed at a different time and it was a point of wealth. And so, and just because maybe it isn't um, as... Like like spick and span and like shiny. It's like it, there's there is um there's some danger here. You know, yeah. maybe even equivalent. Like this might this should have been the house that they use in the Salem's Lot, like original TV movie versus the one that. But you know, again, that's a whole other thing. But this is you would get the idea that this is that that type of vibe, right? Yeah, yeah the allure is there because yeah. you know spooky shit went down in it, and now it's a legend. So. Yeah. Um, Next year, I'll be a spirit store. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, real spirit store. Um, <laughs> yeah. It would actually be a spirit store selling spirits, meaning alcohol, and also masks. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, see, you're making this even better for me. I, I would do, I would go there totally. Um, a, when I first moved to this part of Ohio, I was confused by stores with the word spirits. Like, because that's not what we had, like, in West Virginia. So, I'd, like, I'd be, like, around, like, you know, like, Erie to be, like, Erie Wine and Spirits. So I'm like, oh, that's a that's a weird name. This is a term that I found out within the last couple of years, too. I was like, what the hell? But the like, idea of, like, Lake Erie spirits. <laughs> you know, ooh, you know, anyway, sorry, continue. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, Jody says, hey, 
you know, friends come here all the time. It's cool. You're cool. Um, you know, I'm glad that you're able to come along. He's kind of a weird kid, apparently, at school. He has this... Uh, he has his ability to creep people out. So, well, his name is Paul. I mean, let's just be honest here. <laughs> so, uh, as I spill my drink because I was being awkward too. I'm sorry. I just dribbled all over. Uh, I, was, I was shocked by this. So, um, no, it's like he was. He's quiet, and you could tell that like she is kind of about him, but he doesn't know really what to do with it. Yeah. And at the same time, as she's talking about this place, at first she's like, "Oh, here's that hammer." Still, like she picks up a hammer. I'm like, I'd forgotten like why the hammer was even brought into play. Do you remember why they mentioned the hammer? I have no idea. It's because the other guy uses it to break into the place, but it's like he leaves the hammer nearby almost like it's like a hide a key. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, I thought like she a, actually pulled out a key. I didn't like. I guess but, my, but it's like if you've already used a hammer once to break into this place, then that means you've already forced entry. Why do you need to have the hide a key hammer nearby? The hammer's never brought up again, but it's like in the middle of the day. She's like, oh, here's that hammer. It's like you're trying to impress this dude. And you're like, hey, come to this creepy house. I'm going to show you a hammer. Yeah. And Paul's still all about, though, because, you know, who can blame him? It's like, hey, I, I'm crushing on you. Uh, you want to do breaking and entering? Like, oh, yeah. you know, again. Yeah, I'll do some B&E for some DNV. That's fine. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> 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 all right. So, so Jody says, you know. We're gonna come. We're gonna come back here a little bit later, and we're gonna we're gonna hang out. And my friends, we're all gonna have we're gonna have fun. We're gonna have a, we're gonna have play a game. So we get the the scene where you know it's it's only the four friends and it's Paul, Matt, uh, Beverly, and Jody, and they they're talking about a game that they usually play here, and you know Paul is unaware of it, so they have to explain it to him. Matt says, "Hey, we take a match and we start telling a story when we light that match." Before it burns down, it has to hand off to the next person. So, like, once it gets down to the end, yeah, you once your match is burned down, you stop talking, you're done with your portion of the story. The next person lights a match and continues the story until their match burns out. Right. It's like handing on. the torch in a sense. I, I've heard of things like this, a, narr- a narration of this sort. Um, it's a really cool idea. It's I don't kind know of like I'm... the improv thing of like when you hear about like people doing improv comedy, it's like in terms of like training, like with a, a troupe, it's like this yes and thing mm-hmm. of like you say something and then the person builds off of that and then it goes on to the next person. Like, so it's this whole supposed to be like this collaborative ghost storytelling. Right? Yeah. It's That's kind of a fun idea. Yeah. It's really, really interesting. I'm not sure how much you can get done within a match's time but you know these are old wood matches so yeah, it I'd works be like, I'd be like there's a story and I'd be holding a match I'd be like of a guy holding a match and he's now getting paranoid because it's getting closer and closer oh shit okay who's what's going to do the story right. they're like <laughs> fire is hot yeah and go and he burned his fingers and he ran away in the night You're right so um, you know Matt says I'm going to start it off and we'll we'll carry on from there so Matt starts telling the story about uh this old man Herbert that this was the house that he lived in. And there was a, there was an event that he, he was, he was, you know, in, he, he had caused. And then it just kind of goes down the line. And what we find out about Herbert, it's a, he was a rich dude, had a lot of money, but he was always after this one girl, but he could never obtain that girl because she was already in a relationship with the guy. But, um, they started like canoodling, uh, by, you know, in secret. And so that woman's, I forget the one, what was the name? Uh, one? Ethel. Ethel. Ethel's husband found out about their secret meetings and was going to meet, uh, Herbert at their meeting spot. So when he meets Herbert there, they get into a scuffle and apparently Herbert's a big built dude and he was able to overpower, uh, Ethel's husband 
and drowns him in the the pond that's behind the house. So, and that's when um, we finally get over to Paul's character or Paul. The yeah, character. which we should we should also let me rewind this back just a smidge. One. Uh, during the daytime, right before the hammer was shown to Paul, and he was still all in, he touched um, like a pillar of the house and started whispering to him. And it, you know, and he was like, "Well, that's weird. And that's like, quite well, important." I'm, you know, I'm sorry. Like, I you know, he's also <laughs> like, he's always like, "Well, this girl's cute, so I'm how she could talk to me. It's fine. I'll be back for you later." You know. So then, so then we get to him, and so also with um, Michael, I keep wanting to call him Sasha because it's his real name. Um, but uh, Matt, Matt, sorry, Matthew, Michael. Luke, Paul, Matt, Matthew, um, <laughs> he, he, when he calls out the name Herbert, we get this cutaway to the pond nearby and we see a hand coming out. And so we know the shit's about to go wrong. So they're telling the story, but when Paul gets the match, he, um, the, the one thing I do like about this is that he's like, well, how do I, how do I do this? But he just picks up this narrative and starts going along with it. And we're watching this. And one of, one of the nice touches of this episode is that the match isn't going down for him. Like he keeps talking and you see the match is staying stationary in terms of like where the flame is. And so he gets to tell more and more of the story. And because of this, like he's kind of like, you know, he's bringing in things that he's not even aware of. Cause he thinks he's telling a story. Right. Um, and that the, the rest of the group are like, looking at him, like, you know, He's getting oddly specific about things too, but you're hearing talking about lightning crashing and thunder and like the stroke of midnight. And we're hearing like sound effects. And those, um, yeah, those sounds are starting to come in. And yeah. then he finally gets to the point where he talks about how he, uh, he, he kills, uh, Ethel's husband. You're talking about Herbert kills. Ethel's yeah. Husband. Herbert yeah, yeah. kills Ethel's so this husband. Is what Paul's saying while the match is not bur- burning, but not going down. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, so Ethel's husband is dead and Herbert gets on his horse and he rides back to the home to peer into the window to see that Ethel's like, she's there. She's, she, I had to, I forgot to mention, she's also locked into this bedroom too, where she's peering out from the window Oh, that that's her husband locked her in that room. But here's something weird about this though. Why did he leave? If Herbert was going back to, seek out his lady love after like eliminating her husband, the, the guy who's in the way, why do he, why was he trying to take off? Because he, he says that he turns the horse around and when the horse turns around, there's a big lightning strike and it scares the horse. But why is he turning around? Why is he leaving? I'm not sure. Like, I'll yeah. be honest. Like I've watched the, the I, I watched this twice and it wasn't so much like the beat for beat story that I was following. It was more, of the action in the house okay. and watching everybody. Cause I like, cause you know, not that I'm not saying the script isn't like, you know, tightly written. Like, honestly, I think that this is the shortest episode of anything we've covered for the series for, for strange highways. Even the couple, are you afraid of the dark? I think are like three or four minutes longer cause they have, um, the bookends of the Midnight Society. Right. Um, this is like 20 minutes. It's like lean as all get out. And yeah, there's no wraparound. There's no narrator or anything. No, like nothing. That. You're just in and out. No crypt keeper kind yeah. of thing. Cause I mean, I, the intro is like, like what? 30, 45 seconds with the monsters doing their thing. And then, then you get right into the story. And since this was for syndication, you got to cut as much out as you can for those late night commercials for the jazzercise or whatever that was going on. Um, you know, what was it? The, um, buns of steel, the gazelle, (laughs) you know, like, uh, so I wasn't the thigh master. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, it's just, um, so I wasn't like, I didn't necessarily think that the word for word narrative was important because the moment the hand came out of the goop, you know, Herbert was coming home. 
Yeah. And so you knew that the whole thing here, this, this was like the world's shortest game of Jumanji that was happening <laughs> like in this house, right? It's like, we're going to start the story. And it's like, and things starts going sideways, but we realized that Herbert had, you know, had a forbidden love, uh, and then took out the, the, the husband. And then, um, you know, there's something that happens where he ends up getting mangled in a threat. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So when he turns the horse around, the horse gets spooked by the lightning and he falls into a thresher, yeah. uh, uh, like some kind of like, I, I guess those are for hay. I don't know. Yeah, they are. No threshing is. Like, OK, you, you. Yeah. If you ever like look at one of those things, you like you don't want to get caught in one of those clearly. Right. Like uh, yeah. there was a story of somebody years ago that got uh, got caught where they had a spike actually go through their skull and they lived. Yeah. Uh, and it actually went like. But the thing is, the guy was never right after that. His his personality changed completely. And people later theorized that parts of his brain got like disconnected from. So his personality shifted and he became very vindictive and mean after surviving a thresher like spike in his head. Well, they say a lot of, well, I know yeah, this is yeah. like completely off topic, but they say a lot. My match was burning down to continue. So the they yes. say the serial killers, uh, a lot of them have uh, some kind of brain injury. And that's actually what <laughs> will. I mean, the moment you disconnect like um, like logic from feeling, you're going to have some problems. You know what I mean? Like people. Yeah. You know, so and, and that's I, a different podcast. Yeah. So. Herbert had a really bad day. So yeah. So he he gets his face all mangled. Um, so he lives out for the next you know however many years of like solitude and feeling like a freak. And then he takes down all the mirrors from the house. Well, because she doesn't even vote him now either because he's mangled. Right. That's right. the whole thing. Is like Ethel's done with him. She's like, oh. Thank you for taking out my husband who was a dead weight, but now, you, now you're all you're now all you look here. like Manwich, and I don't want you. Yeah, to. you're a Manwich. I was look. I was looking for you know. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I was, was going to try to make another mean analogy. I couldn't get, but you know, it's like you're now looking like a Manwich. I'm like, who doesn't like Manwich? That's I what love, I want to know. I love Manwich. I love um, Manwich. Yeah. But um, so yeah, he he takes down all the mirrors from his, from his home. He doesn't want to see his face anymore, and then finally he just. He he's done with it, and he loads up his pockets, and then jumps into the, the pond. stones. He just sinks himself in the pond, and yeah. that's it, right? So, so that this whole story is being told. Uh, we find out um, that basically what has happened is that Paul is like he ha- it happens to, he he must have the shining or something. It's never quite said, but he like he is the spark that lights the flame for this to take place in this house at this time. Yeah, we don't need all the into about like why he has this and whatever. Yeah. It's more like twilight zone connective in that, spe- in that kind of spirit where it's like, he has this ability. We don't need to ask any questions about it, but he has that ability. Well, and he didn't even know he had it. And he probably was never going to be aware of it until he got into this house that, uh, for all intents and purposes is a battery that's been storing up all this, like whatever, yeah. right? This narrative. That's why I mentioned the shining where it's like the overlook, was like just you know it was dead it was it was a a tomb for all the bad that happened but it took it took you know um danny torrance to show up to start that firing off that whole thing again right so with paul showing up and not realizing he was like the conduit to tell the story because he's like i made all this up uh but then like but so when the match doesn't burn out all the way and eventually it does but they freak people out the clock behind it turns to midnight which is kind of a nice touch which he says like and at the strike of midnight and that's when Tori Spelling freaks out and she's she's freaking out and she, she's she like, has two gears not talking and screaming. Yeah. That's it. like I'm like I like it's been years ago. I'm sure she's much more nuanced, but my God, like, and I don't think the script helps her at all. 
but whoo, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, she lo- she reminded me of the screaming chickens that used to be I used to sell at Spencer's, or it's like, you would like, sc- yeah, <laughs> with the lipstick. Yeah, they had yeah, the lipstick yeah, and everything yeah, too. You're like, oh, like yeah, when you squeeze them. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, uh, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole bucket of Tory spellings that they're like, <laughs> yeah, anyway. So, um, yeah. So what we find out though is that since like everything's starting to go a little sideways, um, like. What was it? Um, Tori, her character, which is Beverly. Beverly. I, get, cause I always want because she's in Beverly Hills Nine Two One Zero later, so it's weird, uh-huh. right? Yeah, right. So Beverly, like, she's like, I want to get out of here, and then her her uh, her boyfriend Matthew's like, nah, and like he's like, take a vote or whatever, and they're like, well, we got to finish the story, right? So the whole thing is like, we got to finish it. So they keep going, and that's when we get, uh, you know, we get Herbert coming home, and uh, the, you hear the, him at the door, yeah, and it's like now. Now, you know, Beverly's really freaking out. And she's like, wait, I hear something out there. There's someone out there. So uh, Matthew goes over being like, hey, I could take care of this. I'm tough. He's all like this. Okay. That's what happens. Okay, I'm going to go over to the door. Okay. And I'll check it out. And there's no one there. And if I lived now, I would be vaping and talking about how the Joker is so important. And we all need to pay attention to it. (laughs) so so we get matthew he goes over to the door he he doesn't see anybody outside the door like he doesn't open it but he doesn't he doesn't see anybody through the little window to the doorway and so that's when he's like right by the side window to the door and that's when dude comes crashing through the window the friday 13th part two moment badass it's actually pretty cool second time through i was like i appreciate this like we get Nice little slow motion shot of Herbert coming home, crashing through the window. Um, I think it'd have been better if he would have found the hammer and opened the door. Like, like, <laughs> like you see him move the hide, hide like the, the the rock for the hidey key for the hammer. And he's like, oh, I'm glad it's still here. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But no, that's pretty cool. He grabs uh, Matthew and um, like for syndicated television at this time, snaps his neck. Like I understand that. Like I'm sure that the syndication package was this is only intended from like like 11 o'clock at night till like, you know, certain point in the morning. Right. Mm. Um, mature audiences only. Right. But that's like, it's not, it's not like graphic, but the sound and the finality of it is pretty aggressive for what I, I was surprised by that. Like that was unexpected. And then you see some more stuff. Well, Yeah. But it's like, I was like, Oh, that's a neck snap. Like, yeah, I mean, considering the, of the violence that we did not talk about last week in cigarette burns, this is like very tame in comparison. However, cigarette burns didn't play on 11 o'clock at night in the eighties on just some random TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that would have just, if I saw that as a kid, I'd have been like, well, guess I'm done with life now. Yeah. <laughs> but this, this is pretty, pretty aggressive. Yeah. You know, like, well, one of the things that Matthew does to try to, you know, ward off a uh, Herbert is he grabs the fire poker and he tries to, you know, stab him with it. Yeah. And that's why it just goes through his gut. And that's, you know, Herbert just lays waste to him. And, uh, now he's on to the next, uh, and he's going after everybody yeah. and chases them up the stairs. They go, they hide in a bedroom and guess what's in this bedroom? All the mirrors that have been taken down from the house. And so it's like, it just shows a little bit more of what Paul knew was correct. Well, he didn't know. He even admits it. He's like, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, and, it's like, and, a, and like but I'm everybody's like, like, what the hell, Paul? Like you said, you've never been in this house. You don't know about the events, but somehow it's all connected I mean, to you. To be fair, I can sympathize. Paul. 
I could sympathize being that guy invited to a regular thing and everything was fine until I show up and then suddenly I start, you know, drinking a little bit and then I ruin everybody's time because I summon an undead monster. I get it. Sorry for ruining Thanksgiving, Terry. Yeah, I know yeah. you came over. Yeah, but, Paul, you know, come yeah, on. Yeah. Monsters. Yeah, yeah. No, but anyway. That's the last time we invite Paul to the party. Yeah, I was like, let me tell you the legend of the barking spider. Yeah. Barking, uh, the barking squirrel. Let me tell you the tale of the barking squirrel. Um, so, no, it's just... Uh, barking spider. I, uh, yeah, uh, I could tell you... Um, you know, I just, you know, as a Paul that ruins social gatherings, I can, I can, I can sympathize, but no, it's like, it just shows it's, it's one of those bits here where it becomes, it becomes apparent that like what he was saying was true. He admits that he didn't know that. And that, I think that's fair. Right. Uh, cause it was hinting at earlier because there was a power in this house that was speaking to him and like, he's not aware. And then when, whenever they find all the mirrors, that's whenever Beverly loses her mind and starts screaming at him. And, um, that's when we get Herbert showing up. And, um, yeah, uh, that's when, um, that's when Beverly uh, leaves the episode very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Herbert comes through the door and just mangles, uh, Beverly's head, just like turns it into silly putty. It is. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, kudos. To- <laughs> like, it, like, it's, not only does he like smash it, like, like he ever deflated a basketball that quickly. That's what it's like. Poof, that's like, that's what that was. And then it, this turns to goop. And then he, then Herbert starts stretching in his hands. Like it was like as a kid, gack. When he got like got gack. Yeah. It's yeah. like, <laughs> it's just like, Ooh, look at me. I can make snot or whatever. Like what are they call, you know, like the, like the Nickelodeon snot. It's like, yeah. he's looking at it. He's like, like, this this is a guy who's a mangled corpse coming out of a pond that's probably not had fresh water in years. Going, ugh, how? And there's eyeballs hanging like, from like, it and everything. He's probably too. like, can I get a wet nap? I got I got <laughs> I got spelling all over my hands. I don't know how I feel about this, but anyway. So, so but then that's when we get. Um, he oh, sees the mirror. He sees the mirror and is yeah. freaked out by it. You know that the horror movie rules apply, and that's yeah. what the story also said. I, I'm okay with that. Um, and that's when we also get, um, we get Jody putting the pieces together and being like, Hey, Paul, like you, you may not be aware of this, but you are the controlling the narrative now. So you need to finish the story. Well, then, then they start, they yeah. start warding him off with the mirrors too. So they yeah. force him out of the that's door. That's true. And then that's when Herbert is like, wait a second, fire poker. Yeah. So he so, goes back yeah. down the steps. He goes and gets a fire poker and I love his movement here. So I, I, this dude had Tom Woodworth or Woodworth had to have watched Return of the Living Dead because he's definitely taking some notes um, as the Tar Man because he's doing the same kind of movements, the, the heavy breathing, like the this. It's just it's really well, on considering point. Considering his relationship, um, and I'm not saying he did anything with the, like the Living Dead, like the Return of the Living Dead series, but as close as he is with the producer here and. Like however, all roads kind of go through Romero. It wouldn't surprise me that he's not aware of this, right. you know. So, and kudos to him, you know. In terms of like, like if you're going to find weird body language, look at the Tar Man, you know. And I think that's fair, exactly. Yeah. And it, it's it. That's what really drove it home for me. I was like, the creature makeup is awesome in this. I love his movement. It's just, it really works well for me. And uh, so he gets his fire poker and he comes back and he's going to handle some business now. He's like, now I got a weapon. And he comes back through the doorway and he just starts smashing all these mirrors. Like, yeah, you think you're bad? You think you got uh, one over on me? I'm going to smash all the mirrors now. And that's when uh, Jody is like, we got to continue the story. We have to we have to finish it. And that's when they start talking about like 
how the storm is still raging outside. <laughs> yeah, I like, the, I like that he chooses, like, Paul's like, the storm gets crazier, crazier, and then Herbert gets distracted, and then, like, like nature happens, and it's like, a tree branch, like like this tree branch is probably it was probably calling Spielberg and be like, hey, I could have done better and poltergeist than the tree that you had because this thing just comes right in and, and just, harpoons him, boom, like, <laughs> boom, like just tree branched, you know, just like fatality, you know, like it's just um, <laughs> if like Groot was a Mortal Kombat fighter, like he just mangled this dude, yeah. But then like Herbert being like, you know, I've already gotten poked in the stomach like by metal. I don't think trees going to stop me, yeah. Uh, but then that slows him down. That's when Paul, uh, it's like, you, you know, know, I'm dead. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. like, that's when Paul, like he, he's like, well, the, uh, the sun's coming out and things are going to be okay. And, you know, and then Herbert didn't get to us. And because it's now sunshine and dawn out, like he has to go away. And it's like, then you see Herbert kind of looking, it's like, he's gone mm-hmm. and that's it. Right. And then like, and, and that's really the end of your story. Like they, like the both of the, Jody and Paul leave. And they walk okay. off into the sunset my, or sunrise. My, um, my critique here is if he realizes that he control the narrative, don't you think he'd sneak in a little sentence here about like, oh, and my friends are okay because the curse has been broken. And all of a sudden you, you're like, you'd have like, um, Tori spelling, and just like reinflate back up. And like, you know, like, you know, her, like it would just be, and then like, you know, the other guy, like he, his neck would just come back together and be like, wow, that was weird. You know, like you think you could have had like a little bit of a happier ending if you found out that like he can actually kind of control what's going on. Nah, like I, it, I just like I've seen movies like this where it's just, like there's been such carnage that these people have been put through that they just walk away. They just, they don't say anything. Well, no, that's just, fine. It's, like I don't I don't have a problem. Like that's perfectly okay. But I know I like, see what yeah, you're yeah. saying, but it's like uh, I just love that it just ends that way. Like in this particular narrative it wasn't us, <laughs> where we find out that he has the power of the story to tell. It can summon trees attacking dead guys and and physically shift time from midnight just a few minutes to go to daytime. I'm gonna guess that you could have been like, well, at least I tried, <laughs> you know, to have them come back. Because he's about to write a different story. <laughs> Yeah, right. And he's just like, and then I went home and we found that hammer again, but it wasn't the one at the house, you know, whatever. It's like, um, yeah, we played a different kind of match game. So, uh, just, I don't know. Like it was like, it, it ended on a little bit of a grim note, but they, they lived and that's fine. But it was like, um, this was, uh, in out over and done. No pun intended, uh, talking about what they're going to get into later. But like, this was a, just when I talk about lean, like I just, you know, there was no room for anything else in terms of like a 20 minute runtime. So kudos to all the powers that be are able to tell the story in this time. That's fine. But I like also, we've talked about some episodes of the twilight zone just being like, you know, lean and mean and that's it. You know, you're, you're right down. Like this one, it's like, I think that even with this 20 minutes, you probably could have had an opportunity to develop some stuff a little bit more and maybe approach things a little differently. However, knowing its place in time, knowing what it's, what it was meant to do, where this is like playing in the middle of the night. You're going to sit there with your beer and your pizza after whatever you did all that night. You're just going to crash out and turn your brain off. Um, I'm, I'm much more forgiving of this than I am like the current creep show series because since like, and f- just bear with me here, everybody for a second. Um, you actively log into a streaming service to consume the content. And I'm not saying that you don't have the right to turn on something to turn your brain off and just kind of have fun with it. But like, especially with the streaming service, like you're choosing to engage with this. You're in whatever time of day it is. Cause you can click on something and watch it. 
Um, and so like, I think the bar should be raised a little bit more with this. It's like, you never knew when this was going to play. And if you caught it, like, you know, I don't know, even halfway through, you'd be like, well, that's weird. I don't know what's going on, but whatever. It's like, it's just, it, it served its purpose. This is almost like how I talked about creep show being like all just all sweets and like, no, like, like nothing really to dig into. It just felt like a bunch of snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, this almost feels like, like a fun size, like, like here, he want a little tiny fun size snicker. That's it. You don't get anything else. Like, well, I like this one. Yeah. You don't get anything else. You know, <laughs> you're like, Oh, well that was, that was not fun sized. Like, you know, like, can I have a little bit more sweets? You know, it's like, I feel like there's like, but it's fine with this. And if it was partnered up with like Tales from the Dark Side, that this is the entertainment that you got over an hour. I don't know how you can't come out um, the end of that hour if you're just sitting like in the 80s watching TV and not be like, okay, well, time to go to bed. This was fun. So it was okay. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot, actually. Yeah. I, I think I was really impressed by it in, in like in certain ways, at least. I mean, like, I don't think it was terrific acting. I mean, there was some extra little bits I could I could I could use, but I, I think it would have just been fluff. I think that the meat of the story was there. It was it was perfect for me. I think it was I think it was awesome. Like was if fine. I if yeah. I, especially growing up, you know, I was I was six when this uh, came out. Uh, I, I I would have ate this up completely and it's mature it's a little bit more mature than something like uh you know tales from the uh oh i'm sorry uh what's the what was the one that was on snick i'm sorry are you afraid of the dark are you afraid of dark? i was going to call this are you afraid of the dark for grown-ups yeah it's I, like right the, in between like you know are you like, afraid of dark and tales from the crypt like because this like the storytelling is a little bit more mature of course the, the effects are i don't know there's some of the stuff like here, I'm not trying to defend Are You Afraid of the Dark, but there's still some pretty goopy things that happen there too. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's, it, but the, the score, like, I, they, I just, I know they didn't hire the same guy that's just like, hey, you know, it'd be pretty cool. Keyboard noises. You know, like, <laughs> like it's, it's just like this guy just sitting in like his own little, pounding like, away at a Casio. Just, just, just one, just one room with him and like his seven cats. He's like, this is going to be great for whatever, blah, 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 you know, whatever. So, um, but what was this for? I think it was for Are You Afraid of the Dark. They're like, well, this was going to monsters. He's like, Good enough, and descends it on its way. You know, like he changes the tone slightly, yeah, and, and, and then the keyboard cats in the background. You know, anyway. So um, anyway, <laughs> I just you know, this doesn't feel that dissimilar where you have an outrageous premise, and it also feels like Are You Afraid of the Dark to me because you have four people sitting around telling a story, trying to scare each other. Right. Um. So and there's actually a nice shot in the middle of this where there's a nice rotating camera shot around the four of them as they keep talking and they're telling the story. It's like. So there, there, there is some craftsmanship here. Like clearly the effects work. Um, you know, it is what it is. It's just, you know, uh, single serving horror, which is kind of our, you know, where we're at. Like, this is what we love. Um, I didn't come away with it as glowingly as you did that, but that's not, I had fun with this and I'm trying to meet it on its level where it's at, you know? So, yeah, it's uh, not high art. No, no, by any there, means. no, I, like you liked it. I, I'm not trying yeah. to take away from, I'm not trying to poo poo any of that. It's just, um, there is way worse ways to spend 20 minutes of your life than watching this episode and not just having fun with it. You know, it's, it's fun. Very true. So, um, any other things that you have? No, man, I, I hit the, I hit all the important points here. I wanted to bring up. I mean, you know, I want to watch a lot more of it now, especially after watching this episode. And I will point out that, um, what also kind of helped us pick this episode in particular, it was the highest rated on IMDb. 
Uh, it may go downhill from this. I hope not, but I am definitely excited well, to watch more of we it. We have learned that IMDb rating doesn't really necessarily mean anything about how Correct. we feel about you know, something, right? People's, so. people's opinions will vary just because. You and know. that's fine, too. I mean, because, again, if we all had the same opinion about everything, then that wouldn't be fun. Right. You know, like, it's, you know, I mean, Terry and I still be friends because I think we agree on a lot of stuff. Um, you know, most of the stuff. Some of the stuff. Just some of the things. <laughs> <laughs> Every so often we You agree, agreed yeah. for me to be a co-host, and yeah, I sure. agreed to be the co-host, you agreed, so bam. You agreed to challenge me on that every single... No. This has been a slow fight for dominance. Terry's just been getting more and more aggressive and just like hunching his back, getting bigger and bigger like a cat. Like That's why I'm sideways. working out. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, this will suddenly be, just become us talking about monsters and Are You Afraid of the Dark? No. Um, so, yeah, I got no trivia, no nothing for this. Um, so let's just get to that twist. That... The thing called the match game, once you found out it's them telling stories using a match, and it's like, oh, the storytelling would bring about like the problem and the solution. I'm going to give that a one. And I should, one out of five, one being saw it coming, five being mind blowing. I'm just going to give that a one. Doesn't change. The episode's fun, but in terms of you kind of know what you're getting into, it didn't deviate for me. Um, the fact, I'm going to go for the, the twist as the the fact that they needed to continue the story to complete the story to get rid of the, the menace. I'll give that probably a three, two, two and a half. I don't know, because it's like it's still kind of predictable, but at the same point, I was like, oh, interesting. You know, it's not like we're going to throw him back into the pond or something. I mean, come on. If this was done in the modern age, you know, the dude would think the monster would pick up the match and just light it and be like, and then I killed you all and blow it out. Yeah. Just like in the story, I've been like, there we go. That's what it would, like, it would be. <laughs> you know, but no, I just, okay, that's fine. So, all right, everybody, this is available to watch. Go find it. It is, um, oh, it's available. I think it's on Amazon prime with ads. I think it's on, it. it's on YouTube. That's how I watch it's it. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, this is one of those ones. It's not hard to go find. Let's yeah. just put it that way. It's not the best quality. It was shot on uh, 16 millimeter. So it's not good looking either way. So yeah, no, this was definitely shot for syndicate television at the time. Like you guys, if you know the look of like late eighties, early nineties syndication television, that's it. So it is what it is, but it's It's easily able to find against 20 minutes. Like, why not go see it? Give us some love. Yeah. Check so. it out. All right. That's going to do it for our discussion about the match game. Uh, you guys can find us on Facebook, 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 Facebook. Um, Facebook uh, it's a uh, strange highways um, where we post things sometimes about things. Um, you know, we've been, we've been bad. Uh, it's the holidays. It's the end of the year. Um, you know, we're, we've been dragging. We've been, yeah, it's just been, <laughs> Terry and I, we just recently spent multiple hours together in a theater watching some movies. So that was fun. Some holiday movies, some holiday movies. Yeah. Um, and you know, our weekends kind of got full the season. Up. little, little, little busy weekend, good weekend, but it's hard sometimes to get to the social medias. So that's all I'll say. But anyway, you guys can find us there. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. It'd be greatly, greatly appreciated. You can email us, email us directly at, um, Strange Highways uh, podcast gmail.com. Let us know what else you want us to cover on our detours. Um, we, like I said, we're about to steer into one more, th well, actually, two more things we're going to get into before we get into the Twilight Zone, the 80s series. But we're not against other detours. This this is a lot of fun. Uh, and I, I hope you guys have been enjoying our slight reprieve from Twilight Zone regular. 
uh, before we get to the other stuff. So, Terry, how can people find us otherwise? Hey, we're on Instagram. Uh, I, it's been a long time since I've updated, and I apologize. I like, everybody follow us if you want to see the same image from four weeks ago. <laughs> well, possibly. Maybe even longer. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're on there. We're trying to update it as, uh, as often as possible. Uh, unfortunately, some of these series don't have the best uh, pictures because of quality in that. But it's, uh, it's, Yeah, it's been tough sometimes where you can't. You know, since and since uh, creep pe- creep show, we couldn't even get any snapshots or anything. <laughs> no, it's it's weird how people that own a property don't want you just like you know stealing it to use for other purposes. I, now, why how, would they do that? How dare they? Huh? Right. Anyway, it's like know. maybe they don't want things taken out of context either. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So f- follow us on there, and like Paul always says, please give us those likes and reviews and that. I mean, and just share it if you, you know, guys are having a lot of fun with us. Yeah, just, give you some know. shares, and then like. Uh, I, I said more recently, uh, Spotify. We're on Spotify, uh, and they just did that recap that they do every year of what your most listened to is. Can we end up on there? <laughs> did we end up on there, Terry? Did we end up on there for you? I, I yes, we were number five on my <laughs> list. Wait, you listened to four other podcasts more than yourself? <sighs> yes. <laughs> I play fantasy football. I have two other podcasts that are about fantasy football. I'm not, I'm not asking my co-host to listen to us jaw about <laughs> like like we we see each other. We talk, like I hope you guys do this conversation, but you know in the weird kind of baseballs kind of way, we're having it right now together. We don't necessarily have to like you know yeah. Go, well, you know, like yeah. when we want to bring up context for yeah. discussions yeah. later, and we yeah. do our 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 recaps too. Yeah. So, you know, I listen yeah. to myself sometimes. Yeah, I listen um, to myself too. I mean, I listen to you always. I, yeah. Like it's weird because I try to block myself out all the time. But yeah, no, please, uh, yeah, follow us on Spotify. Listen to us on Spotify. Share, share, share. Uh, it is the season. If you're like, you know what. I don't want to spend money on gifts. Here's a podcast. That would be a really terrible gift, but you can still offer it up to people. That'd be fine. And if you need somebody to wrap it, I don't know who to talk to. Yeah, that's I'm true. terrible at wrapping gifts. Uh, so, all right, <laughs> that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, so next, here we got we got to uh, tease what's coming up next. And now, Mr. Serling. So we're dipping into Hulu, um, which is a service that I'm sure you guys are familiar with. They had uh, they had a, a, a anthology here anthology. Horror series. I cannot talk anymore at this point. Uh, it's called Monsterland. Uh, it came out in 2020. Uh, there were um, eight episodes. Um, we're going to get into the eighth episode called Newark, New Jersey, that actually has a little bit of a Christmas connection. I'm not going to say much more about it because I think the Wikipedia entry for it kind of gives up a little bit too much about it. But um, we've not seen the series. We've not seen any episodes of this. Um, I'm excited. You know, new anthology um, stuff is always great. So we're going to dip into some uh, Monsterland. After Monsters, Monsterland. I'm excited about this. Uh, and it was suggested to us uh, by a friend of the show, uh, Sam. So thank you for that suggestion, Sam. We hope to enjoy it. Yeah, we're getting you some. Better, we're you getting better some, make uh, sure it's good. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting some Mike uh, Coulter in here. We're getting some... Uh, um, you know, we're getting some uh, Power Man in this. Um, Luke Cage. This oh, I'm sorry, like Power Man Five Thousand. Power like, Man Five Thousand. No, pa- Luke Cage is also known as Power Man. So we're getting uh, hmm. we're getting some Luke Cage. I, I can't wait to get into this. It's going to be great. It's on Hulu. Um, Hulu is a great service. If you guys aren't subbed in, like it, they, you know, they have a lot of stuff. So um, check it out. So that's going to do it for us this week. Have a good week. Have a festive week. It is uh, December. Um, so I don't know. Um, uh, just get ready for the holidays again. Uh, so stock up on food and beverages and uh, don't go to creepy houses um, that are, you know, don't break and enter. I think that's a fair thing to say. Cause if you break and enter, you're just, you're just bringing problems upon yourself. And hopefully all your stories have happy endings. 
。